He is good. He is able. He is wonderful, glorious, mighty. The list can go on and on, can't it? Well, this morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 13. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, we know you're here. We can sense your presence. And so, Father, we just come to, to bask in your presence, to, to sit in your glory. Father, there is no other place that we would rather be than here with you. Soaking in who you are, how much you love us and care for us. Father, we ask this morning that you would be in this message. That you would speak into our very hearts, into our very souls. That you would challenge us, change us, transform us. Father, remind us of who we are in your image and help us to become more like you. May the words I speak this morning, Lord, be your words. Help me to step out of the way so that, Lord, you can step in because I don't want to be in the way. I want it to be all you, Lord. So, Father, come speak into us so that we can pour your love and grace into others. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13, says this, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the smallest stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of the Lord this morning. I was reading a story this week about a man from the back country of Tennessee. He found himself one day in a large city. And this was his first time standing outside of an elevator. And he watched this elevator for a long time until this old haggard woman hobbled onto the, onto the elevator. And the doors closed. And he stood there watching and waiting to see what was going to happen. And a few minutes later, the doors opened and a young, attractive woman marched smartly off the elevator. The father yelled over to his youngest son, Billy, go get your mother. 
Well, the reality is, is when something new comes along that we have an experience that we don't fully understand, we have to make a choice. Do we jump right into it? Or like this, gentlemen, do we stand back and watch and try and get an understanding of it? The disciples came into a situation where they had to make a choice. Following Jesus is a choice. We're either all in or we're not in. And here we have Jesus talking to people, telling them, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Well, these metaphors in this passage reveal the true nature of what it means to be a kingdom child of God. This shows us the impact that our life should have on others around us and the watching and waiting world. It also teaches us about the responsibility of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because our life has a purpose. Whether we're willing to admit it or not, we have a calling and a job to do. And the first thing that Jesus says in this passage, these are the words of Jesus, he starts off talking about salt. Well, anyone who loves to cook, and I was hoping Debbie was going to be here, but she, she's apparently enjoyed too much cooking, so she's recovering from that. Um, that was a joke. Um, that one didn't go as well as I thought. But salt in cooking plays a major role. Debbie will tell you, anybody who loves to cook will tell you, that you have to have salt, because what does salt do? It adds flavor. If you don't put salt in the food, then it's just kind of bland. It kind of doesn't really have that oomph to it. Or as Emerald would say, BAM! Gotta get excited about it, right? Well, that's what Jesus is saying. Guys, we're the salt of the earth. We have been made to flavor the world. Isn't that amazing? Now, there's a flip side to this. What happens when you put too much salt into something? Yeah, it kind of ruins the flavor. So Crystal and I were uh, out to dinner with the kids one night. And you all know how wonderful and adventurous our daughter is. And Abigail, before we even noticed it, reached over and had the thing of salt from the table. And she just started, I think we were having pizza, and she just poured it up and down the piece of pizza. And we realized what was going on, and we stopped and said, what are you doing? She goes, well, it's going to help it taste better. <sighs> and Crystal looked and said, okay, you're going to eat the whole piece of pizza. Yeah, and she put pepper on it too. Um, that was probably the longest five minutes of her life as she tried to eat that and with every single bite went, <gasps> See, salt can, if you overdo it with the salt, salt can really make things bad. Salt can actually have a, a counter effect. And as Christians, we have to remember that there is a balance to what we do. Um, there are those who will say, you need to go out and you need to smack people upside the head with your Bible. And you need to draw the Word of God into them. I'll pick on my wife this morning, not you, Bart. You know, you need to get the Word of God into their head. Um, it doesn't work that way. 
A purse works better. Thanks. Uh, you know, the reality is, is that to show the love of Christ to somebody means that, that we have to be poured in a little bit at a time. Salt, you don't just take the whole bottle and dump the whole bottle into a pot of soup. I saw Shirley, Sheila was making marinara sauce last night. Man, if Carl had come in the kitchen and dumped the whole thing of salt in there. <laughs> She'd have smacked him hard enough in the back of the head and taken all that hair right off. Um, <laughs> but the reality is that salt has a purpose. Salt gets added in a little bit at a time. The culture is not ready for the truth to be poured in all at once. So Jesus is saying, look, if you are the salt of the world, you need to be going in and you need to be, I don't want to say infiltrating, but you need to be affecting the culture around you. That's why Jesus says, I send you out in small groups, two or three. You know, because smaller groups of Christians have the ability to go in and connect with smaller groups of non-Christians and say, hey, I just want to get to know you. I want to love you. I've, I've read stories about Christians who spent time, you're going to love this, their way of showing God to people was just going in and sweeping the shop for somebody. They didn't come in and said, let me tell you about Jesus. They came in and said, oh man, I see your shop needs cleaning. Let me sweep the floor of your shop for you. Let me have a cup of coffee with you. Let me help you. Let me do what I can to spend time with you. Our lives are meant to show Christ to the world and to add flavor to it by bringing the gospel to everyone. We are not called, hear me this one, we are not called to overcome the world. Jesus already did that. It's his job, not ours. Jesus has overcome the world. It is our job as followers of Christ to go into the world to advocate for his gospel, for love, grace, and for change by bringing him into the world around us. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. When we are living a life that shows Christ in every part of our lives, the world will see someone who is set apart from the world, who is choosing to live a holy life that is surrendered to the Lord. When you mix salt in with all sorts of other things, Salt becomes the dominant because it's an additive for flavor. Now, do you understand that it's not just used as an additive for flavoring? Do you know, salt is also used for preservation. This is how they would get fish inland during, the, during Jesus' time. They would pack it in salt. It's a preservative. Understand it's also used in the curing process for curing meats and things like that. Um, so salt preserves Salt doesn't just go in and make a change to add flavor. Salt preserves the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. It gets in and it continues to work. It's not a one-shot deal. Next, in Jesus' time, salt was also a currency. Do you guys realize that by being the salt of Jesus Christ, by being the salt of His love and His grace, you are a currency? Oh, great, now pastor's going to try and pay the bills with us. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, you, you are a currency in the fact that you bring the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ in you to a lost and hurting world. They are in need of what you have. So Jesus is saying, we have to go out. We can't just simply stay put. We have to be willing to go out into the world to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to others or else... The world is not going to change. The reality is, church, we have a choice. We can stay inside the walls and be quiet and happy 
while the rest of the world goes downhill. Or we can take the love and grace of Jesus Christ that he has given us and we can march out into the world and we can share that love and grace with others so the world can be transformed for him. One heart, one life, one soul at a time. But we have to be willing to get out there. When I was in Louisiana, I learned, um, I'd never heard this before, I love watermelon, but when I was in Louisiana, we lived right next to the watermelon capital of Louisiana, and I learned that you actually put salt on watermelon. Now, I've already heard somebody say no. To me, that was my first response, but here's the reality of it. When you get a nice, ripe watermelon and you put salt on it, it actually enhances the flavor of the watermelon. Now, if you get a watermelon that is not ripe, no amount of salt is going to help make it taste better. It's got to be a watermelon that's ready to go. So we have to be, as Christians, constantly digging into the Word. We have to be constantly in prayer. We have to be studying, not just on our own, but with other believers in Christ so that we can become ripe, so that we can go out into the world and share the message with others. You see, this is the message of Christ that we constantly are being like salt blocks, that everywhere we go, little bits of salt are falling off of us. And it is influencing and changing the world. Did you know that your attitude and the way you treat somebody can change the rest of their day? Studies have shown all it takes is one act of kindness to affect the lives of 15 to 20 other people. Think about that. One act. If that's just kindness, think about one act of what it means to show Jesus Christ to somebody. How many people can you affect just by loving somebody like Jesus loved you? Wow, and you'll never know. But the counterside of it is true. If you go out with a bad attitude, what are they going to say about the church if they know you're part of it? You have to be aware that no matter where you go, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, people are watching you, and they're not just judging you. They're judging Jesus. So if we are to be salt and light to the world, we have to go out in love and grace and mercy even in the times when it is the hardest to be that. Man, this customer today was absolutely horrible. I just wanted to take their heads off. They cussed me out. They did X, Y, and Z. Well, imagine if you just said, hey, can I pray with you? It looks like you're having a bad day. Can we just stop and can I pray with you for a minute? And if your boss comes and says you can't do them, then ask your boss if you can pray with them too. I mean, the reality is, is just show love all over the place. Because the love you show to people, and please understand, I'm not just saying this is, this is, this is like we're, we're the hippie generation, it's all about love. No, this is about a gospel love. This is about God love that says, you are so important to me. I have to share with you what God has done for me. Because i, I got to tell you about it. True love is willing to risk all of these things. Now you may say, well, salt can't do all of that. Well, let me tell you this. Did you guys, do you guys understand that biblically speaking, God even likes his offerings salted? Have you ever thought about that? Jesus' command in the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13, season all your grain offerings with salt, to remind you of God's eternal covenant. 
Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. God likes his offerings to taste well. Guys, we're the offering. It's not about the fatted calf. It's not about the grain. It's our lives. It's our hearts that we lay on the altar and say, Lord, here I am. I bring to you. So we have to be living in such a way that we change the world around us. We change the culture around us. We change the people we run into. Whether it be at Walmart, whether it be at the gas station, whether it be in the back alley. We need to be salt. Salt that changes the world to share the love and grace Jesus Christ with them. Now, Jesus doesn't just talk about salt. Like we could talk about cooking all day and you'll all be ready to run for lunch by the time we're done. But the reality is, is Jesus also talks about light and light in here. Well, the difference is, is when you talk about light, there's darkness. And in the darkness, we find emptiness. In the darkness, we find fear. The darkness chains us to our past, leaves us locked inside a prison cell, It hides our scars. It hides our fears. It blocks the light, leaving us blinded. In the darkness, we stumble. We are lost, not knowing what will come and if there is hope when we live in darkness. But you see, in verse 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden i love this you you look at your neighbor and say you are the light of the world boy you're all so excited everybody turn look at your neighbors and say you are the light of the world guys this is the reality you walk out of here it is not just about you you are a light bearer you carry jesus christ out into the world Proverbs 4.18 says, The way of righteousness is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. I love this because light changes our view on everything. Before I, My mom will tell you I had my call long before I got into it, but, but I put it this way. Before I got my final call into ministry, I was a lighting designer professionally for film, television, and theater. Lighting is a wonderful tool. We can paint with light. Did you ever think about that? And you see a stage that is beautifully painted. I mean, Carl, Carl and Kimberly went and saw a play last night, and I can only imagine the beauty of the color of the lights and the scenery. And when it's done well, it just draws you in. Guys, God has painted you to be a masterpiece. And your life radiates light. If you lived in darkness, here's the reality. If you lived in darkness... Right now, you do not exist. If this room was 100% darkness, but you may think, well, physically I'm here. Well, that's right, but you can't see each other. You'd wander around, you'd bump into each other, you'd hit things, you'd be mad, you'd be cold, you'd be isolated, you'd be alone. When light shows up, the reason you see the colors in my shirt, the colors in everybody's clothing, is because of light. Is because of warmth, is because of love. That light hits your body, it hits your clothes, and it absorbs the color that stays there, and it reflects back 
all the other colors that aren't needed. So in the case of Bart's jacket here, there's a blue stripe here. I see this blue stripe because it's absorbing the blue. So I can see it. In the case of us being light bearers, we're supposed to absorb Jesus Christ, but at the same time, we're supposed to reflect back Jesus Christ to the world. Think about that. Because if we're not reflecting Jesus back, then all we're doing is we're hiding in the darkness, putting a cup over our head to hide the light. Do you know the reality is, I love this, I read a story about people living in a cave, and they had lived there for years. Their eyesight adjusted to the light of living in the cave. There was very little light. Their, their circadian, is that the right term, circadian rhythm for your body? Um, it adjusted, because when you go into, when you go into that situation, your body is still timed. Your daylight is important. It runs the cycle for your body. But they had lived in this cave long enough, their rhythm became tuned to the darkness. And an adventurer was down there spelunking and came around a corner with a headlight on, and boom, right in the face of one of them. Their result? The light hurt. The light was just like being burnt. They scattered and ran. For them, it was something new. We have to remember that when we go out into the world as light bearers and we carry the light of Christ, we carry the truth, the love, the grace of Christ. What's going to happen the first time you run into somebody who doesn't really know Christ? They're going to scatter. They're going to run. Because when truth and love and grace show up and they don't know anything different than what they have lived in, it can be scary. It can hurt. It can challenge the norms. Now, there will be those who will be like, I'm ready. Take me out. I'll deal with the pain. But the reality is, is that there are going to be those who just scatter. When the true love of Christ shows up, people run. Because they've never experienced it. But the love of Christ shown in his light through us says, I continue to move forward in light, in love, and to bring that to you. I don't just say, oh man, they ran away, they hid on the fringes. I move that direction slowly, taking little steps to say, I want to share with you about Jesus Christ. I want to love you. I want to show this to you. I don't want to just blind you. Light can be scary, but light when it's done right is an amazing tool. Where there is sin hiding, Christ can come in and clean it up. He can purify us, but the result is we have to surrender to him and ask for forgiveness because only he can make us holy and sanctify us. And that means that as we take the light to others, we have to realize that this is a process. It is a journey. Yes, there will be those who are instantaneously transformed, but not everybody is going to be instantaneous. Many people it will be a journey. It will be a process. And so we have to be willing to work with them. Now, I love the fact that people say, Jesus makes this, this, um, this example of, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Coming as a lighting designer, I can tell you, here's the joy of dealing with light. If you take a light and you put it under something, what does light do? Light will find the smallest crack. Light will find the smallest hole. Light cannot be contained. You notice in space, space is pitch black. If the sun didn't exist, 
Space would be pitch black. The reason that you have light is because light finds every single way it can to get to its destination. Jesus has called us to be light. That means we have to get creative in the ways we do things. The norm isn't going to be the way we do things all the time. The message stays the same, but the delivery, the the method changes so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. We have to be the light that goes out into the world, that shares Jesus with everybody. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with the darkness? This is also why Scripture says, don't be unevenly yoked. Guys, you don't, as a Christian, if you're going to do business with somebody, pay attention to who you're doing business with. Pay attention to who you're connecting with. Now that doesn't mean don't share the love and grace of Jesus Christ with them. But what, the, what they're saying here is you cannot go into an agreement with somebody that is not a Christian and expect to come out with a Christian outcome. Second, or Philippians 2.15 says, So that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Shine. Shine. We have to be the lighthouse. Has anybody here ever been into a lighthouse to see how they work? Or they used to work, I should say. I understand they don't work the same today. How they used to work was you had a big old light that got up there. And then being a theater guy, I understand this one. They have this, this big lens. It's called a Fresnel lens. And it has rings inside of it, which steps the light down so it can come to a real big point. That light reflects through it and is sharpened down to a point so that it will travel for miles. The light is Jesus Christ. Our lives become the Fresnel lens. When we are attached to Christ, when we spend so much time with Him that our lives are holy and sanctified and pure and living righteous lives, Jesus shines through us like a spotlight. So everybody around us can see what is happening. We become the warning sign for those around us. Look, there's danger on the horizon. Guys, the end is near. We don't know when it's coming. But we know it's coming. We have to make a choice. Will we be a light into the darkness? Or are we simply going to sit by and say, let somebody else do it? We are called to go. To share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with others. To bring a warning in love and grace that there is a better way. A better life in Jesus Christ and his salvation. Our lives are to light the world around us. How we live matters. What we do matters. The choices we make matter. Who we show it to through our voices matters. We live it daily and the world sees it in how we are trying to live. Because they see the light that we reflect so the question this morning is what are you reflecting to the world 
What is your light showing to others? Light can't be hidden. Remember that. It will always find a way. The joys of light and salt, they change the world. They change those around them. They change those they come in contact with. Thomas Akempis wrote it this way, Do not be angry that you cannot make others as you wish them to be, since you cannot make yourself as you wish to be. What is he saying? The only one that can change you is the source, Jesus Christ. And until you fully surrender to Him, there is nothing you can say, there is nothing you can do that will make a change in this world. You must meet Him on His terms, at His throne, and say, I surrender. I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender We are not some decoration. We are not a trophy. We don't get saved. And when we get saved, Jesus goes, Oh, Crystal, I'm so glad you're home. Let me put you on my shelf. No, in turn, Jesus says, Welcome home, my child. I'm so glad to see you. Now let's prep you to go back out and tell somebody else. Let them know about the relationship that we have. Let them know what's happened to you. Let them know about the change in your heart and in your life. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 We pleaded with you, encouraging you and urging you to live lives, live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For He called you to share in His kingdom and His glory. You are not a shelf item. You are not just for display. You are to live in His kingdom and show His glory to the world around you. Day in, day out, in every place you go, in every conversation you have. God has been waiting to make you over in His image, in good things, to fill you with good tidings. He has planned this since before you were born all you have to do is submit to him and say lord i come and i give it to you ephesians 2 10 for we are god's masterpiece he has created us anew in christ jesus so we can do good things that he has planned for us long ago colossians 1 says then the way you live will always honor and please the lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We must be willing to live our lives in a way that shows the holiness, the righteousness, the purity of Jesus Christ. A life that shows God's love for the world and the love of the Holy Spirit being poured out through us to the world around us. Jesus didn't call us to just come to a building. You see, correct me if I'm wrong, this building isn't the church. You are the church. 
We are the church. This is a building. The building could blow down in a tornado, burn down. Now, we're not hoping for any of this, okay? But the reality is, is that even without the building, you are the temple of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Your calling is to go out into the world and change the world through your life, bringing Christ and His light and life to this world. One heart, one soul, one life at a time. This morning I want to leave you with this. Romans chapter 13 11, going all the way down to 14. This is all the more urgent for you now rather than later. Time is running out. Wake up, for your salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will be here soon. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. And put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and in immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Time's running out. We don't know when he's going to return. But we know it's going to be soon. And we know that we have a job to do. And that job is simple. We must take the gospel of Jesus Christ as salt and light out into a world that is lost and hurting for him. So my question to you this morning is simply this. How will you change the world? And if you say, well, pastor, I'm just one person. I can't change the world. Then I will counter what you say by saying this. Can you change one life? Because if you can share the gospel with one person and plant the seed, then you've started to change the world. This morning... I want to leave you with this. I posted on Facebook about it last Sunday. He doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to. Sunday morning after service, last week, Josh came and grabbed me. Pastor, we need to talk. Well, the first thought was, is um, Josh wanted to talk about something on the bus, because, you know, we got the greatest bus driver in the world, and Josh, and So I'm thinking, hold on, Josh wants to talk to me, something's wrong with the bus, and then it's like, hold on, no kids were on the bus last week because they're all sick. We went to my office. Many of you were gone by the time the conversation was over. I grabbed Carl because I knew I was going to need a witness. It sounds kind of funny, but the reality is, is that guys, I want you to know this morning You have a new brother in Christ and Josh this morning, as of last Sunday. Guys, this is the light of the world. Now, we've had conversations this week on and off about what does this mean? How does my life transform? What changes? You know, and 
And one of the things that we have to reassure everybody is, is that, like I've said throughout this message, some people, the change is instantaneous. Their whole life changes in a moment. But let's be honest, for a lot of us, it's a journey. God works through the process of weeding out what needs to change. God works through working through those things. Guys, this is where being salt and light is ever so much more important because we have a brother in Christ who needs to know he's loved and supported, needs to know that he's got a family who's there for him in thick and thin, even if he makes a mistake. You know, Josh and I have joked around, he'll tell you, that there have been times before last Sunday where he's come to me and said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to say something, and you're going to have to kick me out of the church. And Josh will tell you, my comment every time has been, well, Josh, that's not going to happen. And he goes, oh, I'll, I'll do something so bad, Pastor, you're going to kick me out. I said, no, because the good news about Jesus is, is that we'll just work through it. We work for reconciliation and restoration. There is nothing that anyone can do that Jesus cannot forgive or that Jesus has not already forgiven. He died the ultimate punishment for us so that we could live a life that shows salt and light to this world. And so this morning I want to challenge you. Guys, it, it may not be an overnight transformation you see in somebody. It could take a year, two years, three years. But when salt is poured in, salt continues to work. Light continues to work. Light continues to search for ways to get into spaces. It doesn't just stop. If we are the light, if we are the salt of Christ, then we need to continuously be looking for ways to share the gospel with those around us. I go back to Awanas as well. These children we bring in on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, they need Jesus. The stories we're hearing, the things we're seeing. And they're not the only ones. Their parents need Jesus. How can we be salt and light to them? Now, it's not just them. Because we have people who are shut-ins that still need to know they're loved by the church. And we've got a couple of ladies who've been doing a wonderful job doing visitations, and, and they come back and they, Pastor, you need to know, here's what's going on. So it's wonderful for me, because I can't be everywhere at once. You guys, you guys need to understand, you guys are more eyes and ears for me than you guys think you are. I, I wish I could be everywhere at once. There's only one person who can be, and it ain't me. I don't think I want his job. Um, in fact, I'm glad I don't have it. But the reality is, is that I want to do everything I can. Well, we have to work as a team. One grain of salt isn't enough to change the flavor of something. But when we go out in teams, when we go out together, we can change families. We can change lives. We can change hearts when we bring the light and love and grace of Jesus Christ into these dark places. So this morning, let me ask you, are you willing to commit to being salt and light to a world that needs you? I was going to have us sing this little light of mine, but I think instead of doing that, there's enough of us this morning, I'd like us just to come together and pray as a family. I'd like everybody to just come on down to the center. We do this on Sunday nights. So let's do it this morning. Come on down. Let's all get together. We're going to pray together. What better way to close 
than as a family in prayer. Amen? Guys, as you all come down, think of those in your life that need to know who Jesus is. Who can you be salt and light to this week? Who can you show his love and grace to? Would you bow your heads with us this morning? Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you. We come as your family, as brothers and sisters. and We stand humbly in your presence, Lord. And we ask that you would just work in each one of us this week. Father, open our eyes and open our ears to those around us. Father, may we be salt and light to those who do not know you, to those who are struggling, to those who are hurting. Father, may we bring your glory and your grace and your love to them. Father, it's not about changing a whole world by ourselves, but it's about sharing your love and your grace with one person at a time. And so may we go out looking for those opportunities to share who you are and how much you love us and how much you love them with people this week. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, may we go in your love. May we go in your grace. May we go in your mercy. And may we share your salt and light with those around us. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing in our lives. Thank you for all you're doing in our congregation. Thank you for all you're doing in our community, for the opportunities you're providing. Lord, we look forward to all that you have in store for us in the days ahead. Thank you for loving us and never giving up on us. May we do the same for others. In your name we pray. Amen.